You are listening to episode 30. So how exactly does one become the fail coach? Meet Miha Matlievsky. At just 18 years old, a Slovenian high school dropout dreamed of becoming a successful entrepreneur, and he pursued it with his passion. He put in 12 years of hard work and earned a personal net worth of $15 million. But in December 2008, he got an unexpected call from his bank. They had decided to foreclose on his real estate investments, and that brought his world crashing down around him. He had to make a decision then, just when he wanted to end it all. If he was able to fail and find himself in this position, maybe he would also have the ability to get out of it. We learn about his story in this upcoming episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast. And today I actually have my first interview from Europe. So I'm very excited. And you'll be very intrigued by the name that he goes by. His name is Miha and he calls himself the Fail Coach. And so I am so excited to have him on the Okiki Podcast today. Thank you so much for being here, Miha. Um, well, hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, ironically, with the name, like the audience doesn't know, but we had our own issues trying to connect with each other. So it's kind of funny and ironic in, in that way. Um, That's but always you... aligned with the brand. So, you know, one thing, <laughs> when, when you call yourself a fail coach, the good thing is whatever you fail at or whenever something happens, you can always say, well, that's aligned with my brand. I'm just, you know, <laughs> aligned with my brand and you can laugh it off. <laughs> it's definitely more forgiving in that way. Yes. So please tell me about and tell the audience about your background. How did you get to become the fail coach and, and so confident in um, putting yourself out there in that way? Because that's a very strong statement to make. Well, um, I'm going to give you the really brief story and then just ask whatever you want from that because we don't have the time to go through the whole story. Um, so I dropped out of high school when I was 17. I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 18. And before I was 30, I had a few successful businesses. They all did seven, eight, multiple eight figures in yearly revenue. Um, the thing was... At that time, I thought that I was the most amazing entrepreneur that ever lived. Uh, but in reality, I was just riding the good economic wave. Um, mm. A bit similar to what we see right now. You know, shares are going up. Real estate is going up. Everything is rising. People are buying like crazy um, and so on. And, and right now, it's pretty hard to go bankrupt. Uh, and the thing was... I never laid any solid foundations in my businesses. I was good at sales. I was creative, um, you know, good economy all together, a bit of luck and, you know, businesses were thriving. Now, the moment the financial crisis came in 2009, I mean, it started 2008 in the US, but then in Europe, it came in 2009. It was like, you know, that first house from the Three Little Pig story made out of straw? Mm -hmm. similar thing no foundation mm -hmm. made out of straw the first wind blew and like domino effect like literally in one day uh mm -hmm. it was december 7 2009 um and on to tuesday i lost everything 
Um, all my businesses, I ended up $5 million in personal debt uh, without option to do personal bankruptcy. A bit later, I even got divorced. Um, all my so-called friends from all the fancy schmancy clubs um, that, that I was part of, like, you know, President Cigar Club and Rotary Club and all of that, yeah. who I thought, you know, that they're my best friends forever. Um, mm -hmm. They were the first ones to stop uh, answering my phone call. So I found myself all alone in the whole world with huge debt and no mm -hmm. option to do any personal bankruptcy. Um, and, you know, the funny thing was, uh, the bank that triggered everything got their most of their money back. Uh, mm. What happened was I wasn't able to pay paychecks to my employees, taxes, suppliers. So it felt like I owe half of the country. Um, mm. and, and then those phone calls from, from people and companies that I owed money to turned from, hey, we're just checking up on you to we will do very strange things to you. Um, mm. in, in just a couple of weeks. And all of that, you know, paired together, uh, first started with depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. a few weeks mm -hmm. later, darkness inside of you. you, you stop seeing any options, any ways out. Uh, yeah. I thought, okay, I used a good portion of my life and, and now this is it. Uh, from mm -hmm. now on, this is all I will ever know. And then, you know, mm -hmm. a few weeks later, um, you start thinking, is it even worth going on like this? And a yeah. few weeks later, you start thinking more and more and researching how to commit a suicide. And mm. then a few weeks mm. later, mm. I was sitting at, in, uh, uh, on a balcony in my apartment. It was just about to be taken away from me in the next few days. And uh, I just climbed over the fence and, and, and I was like holding myself with, with, I think it was my left hand. Um, inclined like like 45 degrees over, already mm. looking down. And I remember I was thinking, will I do this right or will I fail at this as well? And mm. I will just end up on a wheelchair, you know, like that. Wow. I mean, it was along the lines, you know, like, oh, you failed, you made so many mistakes. But the funny thing was, it was you, 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 you. Because up to that mm. moment, you know, the economy was to be blamed, the government, like anything mm -hmm. outside of me. And this was the first time when I really took charge or took blame for all the mistakes that I actually did. Um, mm -hmm. And as much as it was hard, it was also empowering in a way, oh, but if I did all of that, I can change, I can learn, I can make better choices. And mm -hmm. if I did it once, I can do it again and I can do even bigger. And, and wow. that was that little ray of light that started beaming, you know, on the other side of a huge tunnel. But it was yeah. enough for me to climb back and, and to start fighting again. And then, of course, it was a long journey of, of self-development, business development. Because, you know, every, every foundation in business starts with you. You, the entrepreneur, you're that first pillar. So I started with self-development and then business development. And then in 2014, I created my last startup. And with all those lessons that I've learned uh, from those failures, I was able to scale that startup from zero to multiple eight figures in the first year to multiple nine figures in the next year. And then I had a successful exit by a Fortune 100 company. And uh, I was able to repay almost 7 million debt um, because, you know, interest and so on. Um, and then um, I found myself with the freedom of time, freedom of money. And what's the ultimate freedom for me is the freedom of choice. And yeah, uh, yeah I was thinking, you know, what do I do next? And uh, I just couldn't stay one day without being uh, surrounded with fellow entrepreneurs. So I started going to meetups, conferences, uh, incubators, accelerators, co-working, like anywhere where I could be surrounded and hang out with entrepreneurs. And, you know, when they learn your story, especially the one where you scale a business from zero to multiple nine figures in two years, yeah. and then walk away immediately on the exit because you had the system in place and you, you didn't get locked in. Of course, they start asking you for help and so on. And, uh, as the time went by, I kind of like fell into the whole coaching business. Um, I, wow. wasn't, 
I mean, to me, back then, coaching was like a, a bad word, you know, like almost like when you say multi-level marketing and everybody's like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah. for me, that was coaching, you know, like, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of these people who are just pretending and showing off with Lamborghinis and Ferraris and, and this and that. But, you know, when you listen to them, you know, like when you, you've been there, when you know how to do business, you know that it's, that's not how you do business when you listen to them, how they talk. But then um, after a few beers with a friend, um, he encouraged me to go on this journey. He said, you really love this. You love helping people. I mean, mm. we, we need people like you. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I, I can do something different. Um, and I made a decision then that I'm going to do things my way. And one of those things was, you know, why, like, why would I be, I mean, yes, I do. I, I, when you look at the end, I help people overcome failure. I help them grow, scale, business development, CEO, leadership skills, and so on. But, um, but all of that was learned through failure. So why would mm -hmm. I, you know, name myself, just, just be one of the many success coaches why wouldn't I be the fail coach? I mean, I've learned everything through failure. And I mean, in all honesty, if we take away those, you know, everything is just perfect uh, gurus. Um, mm -hmm. If you talk with any entrepreneur who is mm -hmm. honest enough, they will tell you that to get to those successes, little or big ones, they had to go through a lot of failures, mishaps, trial and error, roadblocks, they use different mm -hmm. words, but you know, like um, there's a lot of all of that before you reach success. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what's more important to know how to succeed or know how to fail, bounce back super quickly, fail again, bounce back, fail again, bounce back, yeah. and eventually reach success. I mean, mm -hmm. because if you're, if you're taught how to just reach success, every failure will have a negative emotional effect on you and will have mm -hmm. a negative self-talk effect on you. And that will just prolong your bounce back. So you will reach success much slower, not faster. And that's why I fail coach. Wow. <laughs> that's an amazing um, story and background to how you came up with this. There's so many things I love about what you just said. I mean, I know I went to a workshop um, or sorry, I, I helped actually co-host this um, workshop, but I remember one of the speakers was saying, most of the successful people you've seen have failed more times than you've even tried. And that really stuck with me, um, just that concept, right? Because there's such a negative perception on failure and, and not seeing the potential behind it. And secondly, I'm trying to understand how you came from all that loss to all of a sudden, like, what did you do next? Like you said, it's on me. And then you said you did personal self-development. Like how long did it take you to actually um, get to the point where you're making um, money and even able to pay those things back after a loss? Cause to some of our listeners, that's like, wow, like what would I even do if I was in that situation? So uh, if you I don't mean, mind giving us some background yeah, on that. No, sure. I mean, most people can't even, uh, grasp those numbers because they've <laughs> never seen them. So, but yeah. you know, um, it's, it's not about the numbers. Uh, yeah. when I speak at conferences, you know, then, you know, you have the networking after the, spe the speech and then people share stories where they lost maybe a thousand, 10,000. But the thing is that emotions were the same. Negative self-talk mm -hmm. was the same. The feelings mm -hmm. were the same. So, uh, yeah. it's not so much about the numbers, but, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, you have to take charge of your life. You have to put yourself in the driver's seat. You have to actively approach it. Otherwise, you know, you're just playing this victim, but nothing will help you there, you know, because you, mm -hmm. you signal your brain. I mean, I can't do anything until God makes a different decision or until the government does something or until, you know, the economy changes or whatever it is that you're saying to yourself, you know, why you are not succeeding. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's just signaling to your brain. There's nothing I can do. You know, I can just right. and, and hope for, you know, some change outside of me. 
But the reality mm. is that the only change can come from the inside of you. And that can only happen if you take the active approach. I mean, and of course, that journey wasn't easy. And I had a lot of relapses, if I call them like that, to old mentality, to old thinking, you know? So it was, mm -hmm. it was a journey. It was, it was stressful. It was painful and so on. But I had that little ray of light, you know, just to keep fighting. Because the way I understand these things is, I call these things our little inner demons. We all have them. Mm -hmm. Some might have less of them, some might have more of them, but we mm -hmm. all have them. And mm -hmm. the only way that we can win the fight is if we do it on a daily basis. Every day we have to fight our own inner demons. And the longer that fight goes on, the stronger we become and the demons become weaker and weaker and weaker until maybe one day we completely change those habits and things like that. And uh, for mm. example, to the point where I was able to brainwash myself so much that now anything that comes my way, big or small, um, my natural reaction is, okay, breathe in, breathe out. What just happened? Okay, what are the lessons I can learn? What can I do? Can I try this? Can I try that? I mean, I go immediately into the positive, into pushing forward. But it took mm -hmm. me many years to come to this point. And it took a lot of things like mindfulness. Mindfulness mm -hmm. is an amazing tool that lets you step away from the current moment and turn off the autopilot. Most of the time we react with autopilot. Now we mm -hmm. have to be mindful so that we control our reactions because our autopilot got us here. If we want mm -hmm. to go somewhere else, we need to change our reaction, our behaviors, our thinking. Um, mm -hmm, then mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, most often we use emotions when it would be much smarter to use logic or we try mm -hmm. to use logic when emotions are really needed. Um, we kind of mix those two. So emotional intelligence can like balance you out. Uh, and we, we need that groundness. We need both. We need the left and the right side of our brain, the heart and the logic. Um, you know, it, it's not just, it, the key is really balancing a lot of the things. Um, so um, mindful, uh, not mindful, but a mindset of permanent beta. Everything is permanent beta, perfect. There's no perfection. There is just evolution, uh, constantly evolving, constantly learning, growing, things like that. So those would be, you know, some of the foundations for you, the entrepreneur. And then uh, business foundations, processes, KPIs, benchmarking, business intelligence, company culture. If you don't create it, it will be created on its own, but then it might not be what you want. Um, HR strategy. I mean, if, if you are okay with a six-figure business, you don't need an HR strategy. I mean, basically it's you, maybe a few VAs, freelancers, maybe one employee mm -hmm. and that's it. So it's a much simpler strategy for HR. But if you want to go to multiple seven to eight figures and so on, where you will mm -hmm. have maybe even hundreds of employees. You, have, you need a really good HR strategy. You yeah. need good company structure uh, mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. so on. And then even little things, you know, like um, I see that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle because they are owner, CEO, and a lot of the operational stuff. And it's very hard for them to switch between the roles. And, and, and there are such easy solutions how you can break patterns and just focus on one role at a time and, and make it so much easier and structure. Okay, so now I'm the owner. As the owner, what do, is my responsibility? What decisions do I need to make? Oh, no, this is already the role of the CEO. I'll leave that for the CEO meeting. So you have separate meetings based on the role and so on. So just simple things, but they can be so hard sometimes. And, and when you mix all of that together, um, you know, it, it can be very frustrating. Can you can hit a plateau. Uh, you can 
spread yourself too thin in too many directions. You can burn mm -hmm. out, you can burn through your resources and so on. And mm -hmm. those are all the things that I'm trying to, in one way or another, help fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, so, you know, if you ask entrepreneurs what, why they became entrepreneurs, there's this one answer that every entrepreneur will give you, freedom. But what freedom really is, it's, it's the freedom of choice. Now, mm -hmm. yeah. what's your choice might not be my choice. So, you know, your definition is yours. Mine is mine. But we both want the freedom of choice. And if you are stuck and almost like trapped by your own creation and you have to work because without you, the company will fall apart. That's not freedom. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. you choose to do a few things that's a different thing you know in my business fail coach i have an amazing team i'm blessed with an amazing team of people who take care of everything mm -hmm. but i choose to do these interviews i choose to do some of the coaching because those are the things that i love i can't imagine that a day can go by without me talking with entrepreneurs. I mean, I, what would I do? I, I don't know, like <laughs> what, go to the local pub and talk about the weather and the politics. I mean, kill me, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that, that's, that's another thing. I choose to do that. Also, mm -hmm. my freedom is a little bit strange. I moved two and a half years ago. I moved to an Eastern European country. Mm -hmm. I'm not from this country, but I moved here okay. because- on my journey on bouncing back, um, there was this little guy called Happy, a dog adopted from a shelter that really helped me with a lot of things um, mm -hmm. on my journey back. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think I would make it without him. And he's mm -hmm. really my angel. And, and uh, now I try to do a lot of humanitarian work for animals. And so during the day when my clients in the US and Canada are sleeping, uh, Miha is chasing stray dogs around the streets of Novi Sad and then taking them to vet, trying to find them new homes and so on. Oh, I love uh, that. But that's my freedom, you know? Instead of, I don't know, drinking cocktails in a beach bar in, in Barbados, this is what I choose. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that's something that most entrepreneurs will, would choose, but that's my freedom. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's true. You, ca you kind of have to define, um, I'm hearing a lot of podcasts now or um, like videos from people I follow who are like, you have to define too, like what is your version of success? Because if it's just money, you might get there and realize like, oh, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't all I wanted. And I love how you also said to define freedom too, because yeah, an entrepreneur may be working towards like building the business so fast with that original purpose. And they might get themselves to a point, like you said, where they feel locked in and they're actually not enjoying themselves. So I think it's so um, awesome that you pointed out, like actually think about like the process and like where you're trying to go and like what you're trying to accomplish at the end of the day. So I love that. Um, yeah, and I love I dogs mean, too. <laughs> yeah. At the, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, who am I to judge somebody's uh, choice? Uh, I know people who are in love with their material stuff. Okay, if it works for them, it's not yeah. something that I can share. It's not something that I can understand from my point of view, but you know, who am I to judge? There are people who are really in love with money and they can just, you know, like touch it and, and just put it from one piece to, from one place to another, like, <laughs> like you know, Dr. Scrooge or, or that, that cartoon Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, that's their choice. And who knows, maybe, you know, somewhere in the future, they will change. I had all of the material stuff back, you know, before my failure. I was living the lavish life amazing cars. I was living the Dan Blazerian type of life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know the guy from Instagram. He's always surrounded with, well, whatever. I feel uh, like there's a few of them, <laughs> even on YouTube. It's just like yeah. so yeah. much about I, clout. Look at my 
cars, look at the side yeah. doors opening, look at my mansion. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. I had all that. And, you know, the, the funny realization after my failures was that, that none of that really mattered. None of that really fulfilled me from the inside. I had everything on the outside, but my life was very empty on the inside. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you buy a new car, you buy a new Mercedes. And of course, yeah. first few days, wow, you know, all those buttons and new navigation and this and that. You yeah. can play like a boy in a Lego store. But then <laughs> after a few days, it's just a car. You sit in, you drive around, you park, you go. Kind of, I mean, I have a friend who is, a huge aficionado of BMWs. Mm, like for mm -hmm. him, even after so many years, every time he sits in his car, it's like he's falling in love all over again. Wow. And for okay. him, Deep. yes. Yeah, just of course, have a BMW. If, if it means that much to you, why would you take that away from yourself? To me, it doesn't mean. To me, you know, if I can adopt a few more dogs, I mean, now I have four of them. Um, that means a lot uh, when yeah, I go yeah. for a walk with them, when I play with them, but um, you know, or when I cook, I love cooking. I mean, you can probably see here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love cooking. I love uh, Latin music. I love dancing, salsa, mm. reggaeton, bachata. And mm. you know, those are, those are things that fulfill me and I love helping people. And mm -hmm. uh, I often say, I don't have the millions that I had before my crash, but I feel in my heart like a billionaire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's all about finding, like one of the things that I teach my clients, one of the first things is know thyself, who you are, what moves you, what's your why, what do you stand for, what are your values, beliefs, priorities, and so on. That's important to figure out who you are and then act accordingly. You want to be in alignment with yourself. And as long as you're the, in that alignment, it's all okay. So if it's money that you want, sure, go ahead, go for money. Who am I to judge? I don't want anybody to judge me and, and what I do with my freedom as well. So why would I judge anybody else? Well, who gives me that permission? Mm. Oh, such an interesting, um, yeah, perspective. And I kind of, yeah, because you covered so many good topics on that. I wanted to ask when you realized that you, you, you had the power, I guess, to just see your situation differently and start over again. Um, what was your scariest moment in trying to relaunch again and say, okay, I'm going to, launch a business or even with the coaching actually what was your scariest moment with that as well and how did you overcome it with that business i mean i had a lot of challenges on that road because i needed a huge investment i needed mm -hmm. a team i like i had a lot of challenges to overcome but mm -hmm. nothing really scared me because i already did it once so i i knew exactly what i need to do um, mm -hmm. but then with coaching business, the scariest moment was when I first shared my story, mm. you know, like how will people understand that, you know, will people judge me, you know, because mm -hmm. most people, when you look at them online and so on, nobody's talking too much. Maybe sometimes they will say, Oh, you know, when I was super young, I applied for a job at McDonald's and they didn't accept me. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, they're bad. But, but yeah, that's yeah. more or less, you know, the depth in which usually people go. Right. Um, but, you know, like I made a decision uh, when I started this whole fail coach thing, I made a decision that I'm, I will always tell it as it was with the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm -hmm, I will mm -hmm. never lie. And I will, mm -hmm. I will really just share it fully because we need that full story to understand the whole thing. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the first time was scary. And of course, you know, English is not my first language. It's only my third language. Uh, my vocabulary was really bad in the beginning. I mean, I still have a, 
a bit of accent, but I think in the beginning I, I sounded like a Russia, Russian mafia guy, probably. <laughs> oh, no. You know, like re that really bad Eastern European <laughs> accent. Um, you know, will people accept that? How will they take it? Mm. Um, you know, like I'm now going out publicly. Uh, my high school uh, uh, people from my high school will learn this story. Uh, my, my, not mm -hmm. immediate, but you know, all the other part of the family, friends, this, that, you know, um, and and wow, like it, it, the reception was amazing. Like mm. um, uh, how people called me, people who I knew from from my life before, uh, yeah, and. and started sharing and, and opening up and, and complete strangers. And, and then I had one daughter come to me. Uh, her father uh, committed suicide, was an entrepreneur and committed suicide. And she said, for many years, we had no closure <clears throat> why he did what he did. You know, like what oh, drove yeah. him so far that he didn't saw any other a way out but to commit a suicide and she said now mm -hmm. where i listen to your story the long version where i really went into emotions and everything she said i finally can understand what possibly could have happened could have happened to him and i finally can understand why he perhaps did what he did mm -hmm. and 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 that feedback <clears throat> kind of showed me like wow I need to do this, not for myself, mm -hmm. for others. Wow. If I, because that's the only way that <coughs> I can help people um, in that situation is by yeah. me leading with sharing my story in full uh, so that people, other people can open up. Because if I look at my story, it was when I first voiced it out it was to myself it was on that balcony but it was out loud and mm -hmm. most of the time we keep it on the inside we go through it in our inner monologue um, we we often feel almost like constipated with that negative energy bursting mm -hmm. to get out but we don't let her out and that's mm -hmm. why often uh podcasters you haven't yet but other podcasters often ask me well Miha, you have the freedom of choice why do you do this coaching and all of that like what's the purpose of that and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i always tell them fail coach is really just a tool for a much bigger vehicle um, i want to start an organization some of it is already started and we already did a few test runs uh, called failures anonymous which would be a nonprofit organization throughout mm -hmm. the world with small groups of people mm -hmm. talking, sharing, opening up, healing. And, and, and I don't want to depend on somebody funding it or, you know, right. getting donations. No, I want to do that the way I believe is, is the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's the purpose, the big purpose. And, and if I want to follow that purpose, I need to step up. I need, I was always, you know, somebody in the back, you know, like, oh, I'll let others do stuff and I'll just, you know, move mm -hmm. the, the pins in, in the back. But mm -hmm. I needed to step up front mm -hmm. and, and started sharing the story. So I think that was the biggest challenge, the hardest. And it was not that hard to overcome. I just needed like three shots of double, double whiskey. <laughs> um, to call, oh my call my nurse a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I went on the stage and yeah, after, uh, so on the stage, I, I didn't feel at home yet, but, but then uh, when the, the, the talk was done, when we had, you know, the networking after the event, when people start coming to me, now th that, that was kind of like the aha moment. This is what I need to do. Wow, that is so cool. I'm, I'm just smiling as you're telling me this story just because even recently I, I made a post on Facebook about uh, even my experience with mental health and like similar to you, that was like my biggest thing was like, okay, like I understand it's not, it's actually a good thing to share like a real thing, but it's also like all my friends and family are on it here. Like, is this going to dramatically change the way they perceive me? So I literally had a moment before where I was like, oh my gosh, like, 
that kind of thing. Like, I can't believe I'm going to post this, but um, the feedback, like you said, like people are writing whole stories on there, like of their experiences. And that's when I was like, yeah. okay, this is good. This is good. Like, and that's yeah. the whole point because like you said, in, in a way that was destigmatizing, you know, that, and then you're also destigmatizing the concept of failure or the concept of, you know, actually being honest with your life experiences and giving, um, by you being open, like you said, leading the way and, and creating the space, you're actually giving people the freedom to discuss. And yes, there is healing in community and when people are more honest and authentic. So I, I really applaud you on um, creating Thank that you. cause and, and, and trying to carry that forward. <laughs> yeah. like no, I mean, the, the thing with that first appearance was uh, I said yes to something I didn't know what I said yes to. You know, I was approached mm. by this conference organizer and they mm -hmm. went to a few people uh, and asked them if they would be willing to talk about their failures and nobody said yes. And then somehow they found me, they came to me and I was like, oh yeah, sure. And you know, then I started thinking after a few days, you know, like, <laughs> oh, oh my God. And then I was like, how do I get out? How do I get out? How yeah. do I get out? But you know, I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm too polite to say, to back out of that thing. Uh, and, and as the moment came closer and closer, that's why I needed those few whiskeys. Um, and, and then at that time, I wasn't the fail coach yet. At that time, mm. I was just doing some coaching, uh, mentoring and so on for the local startup incubators. Um, and, and it was like that moment where, where the whole fail coach thing was born in my head, like, this is what I need to do. And, um, you know, honestly, now I, I really don't even look. Uh, I, I know that a lot of my family is on my Facebook and LinkedIn and so on, but um, it, it's really like, I, it's, it's, it's not about me anyway, you know, like this whole thing, it's mm -hmm. almost like I'm observing the whole thing from distance. And, and, and mm -hmm. what I'm doing is really just a tool in somebody else's hand. Right. And, and I just go, I just move forward. I just move forward. And um, uh, like, really like, it, it's like this disattachment from, so it's not about me. And I think the moment when something is not about you anymore, mm. and it's about a, a bigger, higher purpose, you just go, you just do. You know, it, it's, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. I, I sometimes, I remember when like, like a few years ago, I was uh, speaking at the conference that had, mm -hmm. I think like five, 6,000 attendees, which was my biggest one by that time. Uh, before <laughs> that, I was used to, you know, 50, 100, 200. And now this was like a huge step. And I remember I was sitting, waiting for it to be announced. And I was like, why? Like, why do I put myself through this? Like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Am I freaking crazy? Why do I need this? You know, like, yeah, yeah I had this dialogue, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, and then uh, I was like, oh my God, like where I pee myself up there on the stage because, you know, like two minutes before I was called up, I had to go to the toilet, but now I can't go. And oh my God, <laughs> will I embarrass myself? And then yeah. when they gave me the microphone, they didn't have that one, you know, over the ear and they give me the microphone. I think my head was shaking like this. You know, I had to hold with two hands and, and onto my chest. Um, I, I felt like my legs will give away um, any second and I will just fall down, fall flat. It, 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 I was like, why on earth do I have to put myself through this? But I had to go there. I just so realized you. it's not about you. It's not that you're sharing this story because, you know, like, you want attention on yourself or something like that, but it's, it's, it's about others. It's about something that's bigger. And I, 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 I can't, no matter how much I fight it, I can't not do it. It's, it's you know, it, I, it's hard to explain, especially because I'm not, you know, like I'm pretty grounded person. So I'm not like, you know, those hippy dippy or, or lovey dubby or you know like oh the, the force is is, is stronger <laughs> yeah. or something Call any name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to find the right words but yeah it, it's like this invisible well, force that mm -hmm. you know just puts me back puts me back no matter how much i i, I stray away sometimes i take a 
a day or two off or something like that. But then just something like you have to, you have to, you have to. We're not finished yet. We're not done yet. Failure is still a huge, huge taboo. We need to break it. Mm. I can't explain it. I really can't. You know, it's funny too, because when I read the name that you go by, there's even um, a Netflix series on people who failed. <laughs> and I thought, oh, really? that's so interesting. Yeah, they did it on people who they're like, oh, he almost made the Olympics, but, or he was supposed to be the best basketball player, but, and I was like, what an interesting series. Like literally, I think there's like five or six episodes of all these people who, almost made it and I was like whoa that's like different and I'm yet to like watch it out but I, I saved it on my list because I'm like you know because it's very interesting to hear their perspective right versus someone who did succeed and obviously even succeed and even those people would have moments of failure to explain to you but it's it's very interesting just to hear the different perspectives so I mean I might have to email <laughs> you what I'm talking about because I'm sure you'd love it but uh, yeah. it's, it's really I mean, cool. I, I don't know who said that, but, you know, um, I know it's like a quote or something, but you only fail when you give up, you know? Mm. So I, I, I probably won't achieve everything that I want in my lifetime, but you know what? I will die before I will stop chasing those dreams and before I will give up. And I think that's when you really fail is when you give up. Hmm. And based on this perspective, then this newfound perspective, um, after failing and like coming up and having like a new appreciation on life, how did that success feel like intrinsically to you when you achieved it the first time to when you achieved it the second time? Um, what was something you perceived as different to yourself in, in those experiences of success? Um, the first success was more on the outside. Yeah. The second one is more on the inside. Mm -hmm. I really, on the inside, in my heart, uh, I feel happy every day. Um, I, I, I feel so much happiness and love and, 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 you know, joy. And I just love life and, and, uh, what I do and, uh, my heart feels like a billionaire. It's again hard to explain, but I'm, maybe this will be easier. Uh, it, I think it was like two or three years ago, I was riding a car and suddenly I looked at, at you know, that rear mirror and I, I caught myself smiling mm -hmm. for no apparent reason, just <laughs> smiling as I was driving. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it hit me, you know, like, just a few years ago, hmm. you were in that huge dark space, hmm. nothing, darkness. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like, is this real? Or am I just having a dream? It was hard and it's still someday, someday it's hard to understand that I actually was where I was and that my life today is completely different. It, it, hmm. it's, it's almost like unreal still in moments. It's, it's a different way how I appreciate where I am today and, and what I'm doing, and especially what I'm doing with what I have. The mm. Miha from that time was just using that for his own pleasure, his own whatever. Now, like, I'm using everything that I have to help others, to save animals, like very little goes to me, but you know, like, what do I need? I mean, you need a little bit. I mean, I eat way too much anyway. Um, I could lose a few more pounds. Um, you know, uh, uh, I don't drink much, uh, mostly water. Uh, that's my preferred choice of, of, of drink. So that doesn't cost much. You know, you need a few clothes. You need a little bit of roof over your, your, your head. What else do you need? You know, will I be happier if I have a helicopter? Yeah, for the first few days. But, you know, like, okay, I can rent it for a week, have fun with it, and then that's it. You know, the fun's over. Move on. Um, so there's really not much that I need. But back then, 
I was constantly chasing something new. I had a new car. After a month, I was already obsessing about another one. Mm -hmm. You know, I was never happy. I had mm -hmm. this little, little spaces of happiness. And in between, it was just chasing the happiness. Now, mm -hmm. I live a happy life. So I wanted to go into like um, you creating this um, brand around the fail coach because you obviously have this huge vision for what you actually are trying to achieve with it. Um, so other than the first time you really told your story, what initiatives did you take then to create this brand? Because like you said, you have people you coach from all over the world, even though you're in like Eastern Europe, you said you have people you coach in the States and other countries. So how did you actually um, create that brand around it? And how did you kind of find these opportunities to reach these other people and tell your story? Well, thankfully to my story, it, it, it gets me quite easily booked on, on you know, conferences and podcasts. <laughs> I mean, um, some people say, oh, you're so lucky. You have such a nice story. And I tell <laughs> yeah. everybody, I mean, I can show you in five minutes how to do the same. It's really not that hard to lose gazillions. Really not that hard and end up in huge debt. I can show you that. I can coach you through that in literally five minutes. And then you can have the same story as I have. Like, feel <laughs> free to try it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, thankfully this story of all the millions lost and then all the millions gained and so on um, is quite catchy. And mm -hmm. yes, I, I would be lying if I would say that, you know, that's not something that gets me on radio shows, TV shows, conferences and, and podcasts and so on. Um, mm -hmm. It's just that then once I'm there, I try to talk about stuff which I really think is, is you know, the important, like the relationship, the emotions and so on. Uh, but that's my ticket mm -hmm. to, to the whole brand building. And, you know, in all honesty, I feel like we've just started. I mean, mm. I, I, I'm really blessed with an amazing team. We are now working on a few things to scale the business a little bit so that mm -hmm, we can mm -hmm. really uh, then uh, up the game on the whole PR and exposure and, and all of that mm -hmm. so that we can then fuel that back in into the nonprofit organization. So um, there's quite a lot ahead of us. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, yes, I, I really, I feel like we only just started. Uh, but yeah, it's an amazing journey and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to when I will be able to help even more people, impact even more people. And I really, really, I mean, I, I say that without any shame. Uh, I really want to be the person who started the whole breaking up of the taboo called failure. Now, I might not succeed in my, last, in my lifetime, but I want to be that, that, that person who created the momentum that will then snowball into finally eradicating this huge taboo, which is, I think, one of the worst taboos out there because um, yes. fear of failure is the number one dream killer. So many dreams get shattered before they even start because of mm. fear of failure. And failure is taking so many lives mm. and causing so much depression and, and breakups and, and families get torn apart and children staying without their parents and so on. I, I think it's like one of the, the, the biggest mental diseases or, or diseases of our time, stress and failure. Mm. I, I, you know, and um, yeah, so I, there's quite a lot of, ahead of me. Thankfully, I'm only 42. I'm not 42 yet. I will be in a few months. Uh, so I still have a few decades in front of me. So let's see how far I can, I can, I can push this. In starting this coaching process, what has been some of the coolest revelations that you've had in getting to coach people um, through the process of failure? And what are some of like the top kind of trends you see that you find really help people um, like kind of like themes you found that really help people when you get to work with them and, and that you see consistently help them kind of get through their own failure encounters or processes. 
Well, I can't all the time. I, even if I don't have an NDA signed, I work as if there is an NDA. Uh, but being the fail coach really opened me into the world of people who look that they have everything together on the outside. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't be the fail coach, I would probably just see the, the, the beautiful side, you know, like they're mm-hmm. uh, successful, uh, perceived as successful. Uh, mm-hmm. they, 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 see, they seem like they have everything together and so on. But mm-hmm. then when I start digging in and, and why things are not the way they, they were supposed to be and why they are unhappy and, and feel like failure and so on, uh, you see that it's far from the shiny that we see on the outside. So that's probably, you know, like, I, I don't know. I think because I do what I do and the way I do it, I get to really, really experience the other side that is hidden from most. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't aware that, 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 that so many people struggle in so many different ways, even people who really seem like they have everything together and, and, mm-hmm. and so on. So yeah, people really open up to me. And I mean, I, of course, I don't abuse that. That's why I never talk about names or, or anything. Um, and uh, yeah, you see something that, that's mostly hidden. And that, that was quite a revelation when I started doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it only showed me that it's even more needed what, what we are talking about, about failure and emotions and so on. Mm-hmm. Now, what they usually most struggle with is lack of foundation. So every single time we have to go back to basic, back to foundation. Um, a lot of the time, uh, there's no product market fit. The cash flow is not what it's supposed to be. They don't like they make millions, but there's no cushion if anything mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, they have way too much overhead um, mm-hmm. for the the amount of money that they do, um, and and so many other struggles. And and when it's new entrepreneurs, because I love, especially working with people who are new to the entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's lack of clarity. Infobesity, as I call it, you know, way too much information out there. Yeah. Um, and people just don't know how to do due diligence. You know, like we are past information age. Now we are in the editorial age. We need to do our due diligence. And most people, when it comes, especially when it comes to the online world, where you should be even more careful because you know, in your local environment, you can smell if something is wrong pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. Now, in the global environment, it's much easier to hide. It's much easier to just hire somebody to make, you know, in Photoshop something that might not be real. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's even more important to do your due diligence. But then I see people it's, it's like, you know, imagine you go out with your girlfriends one evening, you have a one night stand. And then in the morning, the guy for the breakfast, instead of giving you coffee, he pops the question. You probably wouldn't say yes to that, would you? <laughs> um, but that's how people do it online. You know, like you see two ads, you go to the webinar and you pull out your credit card and you pay for a few thousand dollars for something that ends up being close to a scam. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this relationship building, the dating, it's so, we want it all. We want it now. Like what's one month against the eternity? Nothing. Take a few weeks, do your due diligence. See if the guy or the girl walks the talk. Look around, talk with some people who posted some testimonials. You know, mm-hmm. see if it's the real deal. Um, just the other day, there's this one YouTube, uh, YouTuber, CoffeeZilla. Uh, he exposes gurus. And I mean, this cool. is his video. So I'll just say 
Um, he was doing a video, I, and he does videos on plenty of them, Dan Locke, Sam Owens, and so on. But I saw a video on, <laughs> yeah. on, on Sam Owens about his testimonials. Oh, Sam and, Owens, yeah. For yeah. a while, I didn't even think he was real. I thought he was like a cartoon, because <laughs> his pictures look so robotic, and it, I had to see a real video for him to, to be like, oh, this is a real person, okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, uh, so he has this one testimonial that he always talks about in his webinars. And now this CoffeeZilla guy um, started exploring, you know, who this person is. And he found that this guy um, does uh, those uh, uh, testimonials for 20, 30 others. And that he's a professional testimonial giver. Whoa. Now, maybe it's just this one among the thousands that Sam has. Even CoffeeZilla says, you know, like, I mean, this is one example. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, people should do due diligence for themselves. Otherwise, you can't blame it on that person. You, have, you only have yourself to blame. You jumped mm. into the marriage after a one night stand. You really shouldn't do that. It's uh, really interesting you bring that up because like I'm thinking for the young entrepreneurs on here, like a lot of us are really apt to learn. Like I know for, my, for myself, I've bought a few courses online and yeah, like it is like such a process trying to sift through like, should I work with this person? Does this course like apply to me? Uh, does this course apply to me where I'm even at right now? You know, yeah, well and... It's just like, uh, or does this coach really apply to me? Like, it's such a, um, a process now trying to actually figure out, like, you know, how, how legit is this versus someone who's just saying a lot of things? You know, there's, there's so many, like, you know, those YouTube commercials, like, that make it so, like, work with me and you'll have all this. And, like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's getting a bit saturated even in that wor world. Um, that some of us who genuinely are trying to learn, it's like, it takes a while to like really know, okay, is this person the real deal? Like, are they really gonna help me yeah. with this process? I mean, I think the first thing you need to know is what it is that you really need, because mm -hmm. it's different. Like a coach is good for somebody who already is an expert in some field. So let's say, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've, been in, I've been an entrepreneur for the past 23 years and mm -hmm. I went through a whole lot of ups and downs and so on. Mm -hmm. So if I get a coach, that coach can actually really just ask me questions and I'll come up with solutions, no problem. Because mm -hmm. I've done so many different things. Mm -hmm. or, but when somebody's new, let's say you're completely new to business, you need mm -hmm. a teacher. You need somebody who will handhold you through the process. Mm. Now, a, a pre-recorded program can never be done for your specific needs. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you should only be looking at whatever program that has an additional mentorship or community, and, and of course, a lot of help in that community that is offered to you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, for example, I, I have a program for people who are new to entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. I always, like, I was asked a few times, like, oh, what if somebody comes into your group and they just save down all the videos? And I said, well, do it. I mean, I don't care. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like I invented the wheel in there. It's just <laughs> like my interpretation of the content. But I'm sure mm -hmm. if I go to YouTube, I can find better videos from others, at least better made. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's like how I curated them in a step-by-step, -step, but the biggest thing is, is the community and the help and the support. Like mm -hmm. we do weekly brainstorming sessions mm -hmm. uh, and, and so on. So it's that support that's hand-holding the teaching that's really mm -hmm. worth it. The, the mm -hmm. lessons, they are just more like a bonus mm -hmm. because, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So definitely, like, I like how you broke it down, like, based on where you are in your business, this is kind of what you should actually be looking for. <laughs> and yeah. uh, also the importance of community as you're trying to reach your goals. 
What are you hoping to offer the industry? And what are some of the new connections you've made um, that you think are very valuable towards um, you being successful now in, in putting out your mission? Because I know you, you said you kind of had to restart from those friends that were just kind of there, I guess, for when things are good. Um, yeah, what is the new kind of types of people now that you've connected with as a result of this and, and, and how are they helping you move your mission forward? I mean, when I talked about the dating, I didn't do any dating before, you know, um, I was just jumping, you know, in, into marriages with partners and, and so on. And that I like everything that I explained comes from my own past failures. It's not that I never had those problems. Uh, and so, yes, I've learned how to do more dating. I've learned how to create better, uh, more long-term relationships. And I really have a very strong, not big, but strong community surrounding me of mm -hmm. people from all around the world that, you know, we help each other um, and they often, you know, um, send me to different podcasts and opportunities and so on and really support what I'm trying to achieve and what I'm doing. They really stand behind the, the whole movement that I'm trying to create. So it's, it's really just creating those amazing relationships. Um, that's definitely, it, you know, the Americans don't say it uh, uh, for no reason that your network is your net worth. But it's very important, not just how big is your network, but who can you call at 3 a.m.? Mm -hmm. That's the question you should ask yourself. So creating meaningful relationship, quality over quantity. That's the important part. Um, so, so, yeah, um, that, that would be one thing. And uh, what I try to do for, uh, for, for the industry, well, um, since I'm a huge fan of cooking, um, many years ago, I had this idea that I want to create the first three Michelin star restaurant in Slovenia. Then when I saw how much work goes into that, and basically that's a 24 seven job, um, yeah. I said, no, I mean, I, I want to have life as well. So I, I gave up on that. And now I just make dinner parties for my friends every now and then. And that's enough for me. But um, I want to create an online program that will be three Michelin star when it comes to the whole quality. Like mm -hmm. whole last year, we were beta testing. For the last four or five months, we are laying down foundations, not foundations just for growth, but I want that with the growth, everybody will get the same level of value and quality that I have my high expectations of um so so not just growth for the growth sake but growth mm -hmm. alongside with the value almost like you know with the michelin restaurant you never know when the michelin guys come to eat so every mm -hmm. single table needs to be served 365 days a year like a michelin uh people are sitting at it wow. and that's how i want to create uh, anything that I do with in, enormous value behind it. Um, so we are really working hard on, on all of that to, to really keep and maintain that high value in everything that we do. Um, and I'm, I'm not pretending that I'm the only one doing good things. I mean, I know a lot of amazing coaches. Um, what I see on, in the online world that those amazing coaches that I really, really adore and respect, they are more focused on a higher tier client mm -hmm. um, where I see a lot of BS is, is with, you know, new entrepreneurs, early, early, early stage entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. that's where I really want to make an impact because mm -hmm. if I help those, they won't need me when they're at seven and eight and plus figures. Because gotcha. once, you, once you have the right foundations in place, you just add on top of that. You can mm -hmm. start your business as a business owner and not a solopreneur. It's really just a mindset thing. But how mm -hmm. can I teach people 
to do everything on their own and be solopreneurs if the name of my program is Framework for Freedom. That's not freedom if you do everything. So mm -hmm. from the day one, we are working hard towards that, that you become the business owner where mm -hmm. you choose what you want to do. If something cool, if nothing also cool, of course not from day one, but it's how you take deliberate action, what will happen once the cash flow starts coming in. Perfect. That's awesome. And my last question for you, where do you see um, what you're doing with your whole mission and uh, with the fail coach, where do you see it in the next five years? Um, I don't know. I don't look so far ahead. Um, I, I, I don't believe in goals per se, in the long-term goals, because we change constantly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that I change. I grow, I change. What is more important for me is that I know what my values are. And I know that five years from now, 10 years from now, maybe I won't be doing the same thing. Maybe I will be completely passionate about something else. Who knows? Maybe I'll open my restaurant. But I know that I will always act accordingly with who I am and the high values that I expect from myself. And that... I will live every day as a happy journey. And that's, that's all I need to know. But you know, um, who knows? Maybe in five years, I get hit by a car and I'm not even here anymore. <laughs> Nobody knows. You know, we never know when that happens. Um, so we have to live today. And you know, uh, for the future, for me, it really is important to know that I will live in, in, in that alignment with my values, my purpose, and so on. So I know that I will always be finding ways to help people. It might not be in the same way how I do it today, but I will always try to help people, try to do things for children, and try to do things for animals. That's all I need to know. That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Miha, for um, sharing your story and, and so much wisdom through this podcast. I, I was very encouraged and uh, just very excited about what you're trying to accomplish um, with the coaching and with the mission. So thank you so much for sharing that with my audience today.